Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Alec Feldman, the podcast from Wizard Radio. We've taken his show, broadcast live on Saturdays between 3 and 5, then cut out the songs, news, and other bits that aren't very interesting, leaving you with about an hour-ish of sweet, juicy content. Mmm, 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 content. Just one more thing. Don't bother sending in any messages, we'll probably never see them. You may be charged, but your entry won't be counted. Because this isn't live, obviously. It's a podcast. It's already happened. In the past. To get involved, just listen live on Saturdays between 3 and 5 on Wizard Radio Station. I'd like to be able to say you won't regret it, but I can't. This is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Just quickly, before we start the show properly, I know the last couple of weeks um, have been a bit different. So just just before we begin, properly, I want to double check a couple of things, uh, James, if that's all right. Yep, that's fine. First of all, is the Queen okay? Seemingly doing fine, I think, yeah. Good, good. Is Prince Charles all right? Um... Yes, I think I think he seems to be okay as well. Everything okay with Prince William? Seemingly so. Balding. Prince Harry? Yes, yes, I think so. Princess Anne? Princess Anne seems to be on good form. Princess Margaret? Margaret, not heard a peep from. No news is good news. Okay, okay. Um, what about Prince Edward? Prince Edward, I'm going to take the same thing. No news is good news. Sarah Ferguson? Fergie, she seems to be in tip-top condition. Beatrice and Eugenie? Beatrice Eugenie seems to be fine. I think I think that's everyone. Um, oh, wait, wait, uh, what about Prince Andrew? We don't talk about him. It's Saturday. It's three o'clock. Now, live from Manchester, Alec Feldman. Wizard Radio, that's Regard, Troy Sivan, and Tate McRae. It's called You, and before that, favourite song at the minute, Glass Animals and Ian Dior, with Heat Waves. And hello, good afternoon. It's Alec Feldman here, until five o'clock. We are live, and for the first time in what feels like forever, we've actually got a proper show. That was a weird couple of weeks. If you listened for the last couple of weeks, uh, thank you very much, uh, for one thing. But also, how weird was that? So, so two weeks ago, it was the day just after Prince Philip died, so we had to wind the whole thing down quite a lot. And then last week, it was his funeral, so we had to wind it down even more. But now, I think, I've, I've double-checked, all of the royals are in very good health, and so... It's fine, we can do a normal show, it's all back to normal, we can have some fun, and all is good. It feels like I haven't been on for ages, even though I have, so a lot, a lot's happened, you've missed a lot. Let me, let me catch you up, what have I done? Um, uh, not, not all that much. I'll tell you what I did do, I went to Leeds, do you remember Leeds? I used to live in Leeds, I miss Leeds, Leeds was a wonderful place. And, and I took back some library books that I took out in about February 2020. I know I didn't didn't get fine or anything. They were very pleased to have them back. So I did that. I saw my own actual family for the first time since September last weekend. That was also really quite excellent. So I've been having a nice time. It's all been fun. And now we can crack on and do a normal show again and play normal music and talk about things and not be all be all downbeat. So that's good. It's lovely to be back even though I haven't really been anywhere. So on the show this afternoon, I want to talk about the best soap opera on TV. You know, it's not its not even in TV, it's sort of playing it in real life as well. I want to talk about carb regret. I've made some foolish decisions regarding bread. That's coming up before four o'clock. I want to talk about someone who's been defending the indefensible. Picnics are coming up and also handling change badly. All things that we need to discuss between now and 5pm. I've got a 60 second guide, 
I've got what's going on. And in about 10 minutes time, um, I'm achieving one of my dreams. It's come true, uh, which is to be a bit like Richard and Judy, because the Wizard Radio and Bookmark Book Club is coming up on the show this afternoon. We'll have a bit of chat about a book that I've been reading. So that is all good. Hang about. It'll be fun. Wes Nelson, Ashley Kutcher, Doja Cat also coming up music-wise in the next few minutes for you. But before we go any further, I would like to tell you about the worst and best things in the world this week. We do this every week. I sort of, I just like to rank things. I like telling you what I'm liking. I need to tell you what I'm disliking just to basically collect my thoughts. I'm very fickle. It changes on a, a weekly basis. So we'll start off with the worst thing in the world this week, which I think is this this European Super League. Now, I can't claim to completely understand the European Super League and exactly what's happened. It's a football thing. That's not really my area of expertise. I don't know a lot about it. But everybody's been getting very angry about it. And there are protests going on at like football stadiums about it. And it only lasted about two days before the whole thing collapsed. But all I know is that the European Super League, it, it, was, the, it was something that was wanted by some like evil rich billionaires and not wanted by normal people and football fans therefore even though i don't fully understand it i'm going to crown it the worst thing in the world this week it's the european super league maybe however on to more positive news the best things in the world this week um one of them is covid related i know it's sort of different countries have wildly different covid situations we're sort of doing all right in the uk this is this is kind of cool over half of the uk has been vaccinated now or at least they've had like one jab or something which is cool but at the same time like over half the country has been done and yet you still can't get one if you're like under 45 or something so that, that's kind of mad that like half of the country are over 45 but we'll get there we'll get there however in another country let's go to israel let's go to the middle east I read today they've had no COVID deaths for the first time in 10 months. Zero. There haven't been any in the last, like, day or week. I don't know what the, like, time period is. But they've had a number zero. That is what we like to see. That's what we're working towards. Fingers crossed we get to that point here pretty soonish. That's one of the best things in the world this week. That's kind of cheered me up a lot. The second thing uh, in the world that I think is the best thing in the world this week. There's a person on Twitter. I saw this tweet earlier. She's invented a brother, um, and this brother only exists in the mind of her next-door neighbour because she's transgender, right? And so, obviously, used to have the body of a man and transitioned, but the neighbour doesn't realise this and just thinks that they're the different people. And so, whenever the neighbour sees her, she's like, oh, how's your brother? And this person, I think for about five years, has been making up fictional stories about what her brother's been up to even though she doesn't have a brother it was just her before she transitioned and i found that really funny and incredible and she was like what do i do do i do i tell the neighbor and i think most of the people on the poll just supported keep making up stuff and so i thought that was most excellent so she is the best person in the world this week just for that completely ridiculous commitment to a lie that's been going on for like five years so now we know what I'm liking and disliking, we can continue and do a radio show. And coming up next, I want to catch you up on the most ridiculous soap opera in the world. It involves someone you may be familiar with. Do you remember, do you remember Dominic Cummings? Yeah, we'll, we'll dissect that in a second first. Wes Nelson and Young Bane, this is nice to meet you on Wizard Radio. It's Wizard Radio. That was Wes Nelson and Young Bane. Nice to meet you. Alec Fern on until five. How's it going? Ashley Kutcher is on next. I need to talk about sort of the ongoing drama, soap opera, whatever you want to call it, that is um, literally the British government. Um, it's been a big week for them. Not particularly good week, I wouldn't say. But I always like to uh, dissect these things, try and work out what is actually happening. And, I mean, it's really quite fascinating and quite funny, I think. If, if it wasn't funny you'd just be really, really angry. So it's probably better to just laugh at it. Um, but let's let's take a look at, like, the last week they've had, right? So at the beginning of the week, um, one of the, the sort of big news stories, do you remember that briefing room? 
they decided for these TV briefings, they're gonna gonna make a whole new like special room for it. Like kit it out, a couple of million quid they spent making it look all nice for the cameras, so that when Boris is there or Chris Whitty or whoever, they've got a nice backdrop. And that that was the thing that they spent lots of money on. And then they were like, actually, no, I don't think we're gonna do these these TV briefings after all. After all that, after a couple of million quid, they were like, nah, we don't actually want to do this. It could be quite embarrassing for us. So so they've been cancelled. No more briefings, even though they've they've spent a couple of million quid on a, a briefing room that now won't have any briefings, and that's that's a bit of a shame. People weren't that happy about that. Um, and then there was some stuff about I think the flat that's in Eleven Downing Street and how uh, like Boris wanted it to be refurbished, but you can't really use government money for it, so he he tried to use some like stoner money from people who've given lots of money to the Conservative Party, and that that wasn't a great look either. And there's sort of a lot of people going, what on earth? This isn't okay about that. And then there's there's all these text messages. Someone's been leaking Boris Johnson's WhatsApps. I mean, I'm sure that's something that would strike the fear into most people. Um, but especially if you're him. And he was been, well, he was sort of chatting to James Dyson, you know, the, the guy, the vacuum cleaner man, him. Um, and saying, don't, don't worry, don't worry, mate. These tax issues that you've been having, don't worry. I'll, I'll sort it. Me and Rishi will get right on that. Don't you worry, mate. And it was all very chummy and pally, and people have been kind of not very happy about that because it looks, some would say, a little bit corrupt, maybe. Um, so that, again, was not a great look. And so in this soap opera, it's already quite dramatic. And suddenly, yesterday afternoon, in this massive, dramatic... Um, mess basically somebody threw the equivalent of just like a massive I don't know explosive into the middle and it is now completely blown up that someone is a returning character in the soap opera you know how soaps work they'll always bring back the like baddie when you're least expecting it and leave it on like a massive cliffhanger and everyone will be like oh they're back and who is it is Dominic Cummings do you remember do you remember him the one that, that had to do a, a press conference on the telly going I'm really sorry that I drove to the castle when I had coronavirus and pretended I had dodgy eyes and I wanted to test them when we went to a castle. Him, that guy, the guy that eventually got fired for something completely unrelated to that. And then, you know, he got fired, he left the show, he was kind of laying low for a few months and then all of a sudden, boom, he's back and he's written a blog post. And in this blog post, he makes so many, like, proper juicy allegations of like corruption and dogginess and law breaking and cover-ups it is so juicy and just like that he's back in the show he's back on the scene and it is quite exciting in a way that he's suddenly made a dramatic return and completely changed everything but i would like to tell you about a story i read about dominic cummings i learned it on twitter only this morning it's about his time at Oxford University, and this just feels like the most Dominic Cummings thing ever. When he was there, right at the beginning of his time there, uh, they went on a day trip to Alton Towers, the theme park. He saw a squirrel. The squirrel was trapped in a bin. Dominic Cummings thought, oh no, this poor squirrel, let's go and, let's go and rescue it. So he tried to release the squirrel from the bin, um, but it all went horribly wrong, and the squirrel ended up attacking him. And he ran away being chased by a squirrel and it like mauled him. So I don't really know what we can take from that other than he likes animals but ended up getting mauled by them. What does that mean? What can we learn from this? I don't know. But it's a nice story to top off a quite ridiculous week in, in the world of UK politics once again. Uh, we've had texts, we've had briefing rooms and to top it all off, squirrels. What more could you want? Coming up next, um, you see those those eyebrows? Just take them take them up a bit because we are going highbrow. We've got a book club coming up on Wizard Radio next. This is Ashley Kutcher and if I could. Ashley Kutcher and if I could on Wizard Radio. I'm Alex Feldman and career goal about to be achieved because I'm going all Richard and Judy right. This next bit of the show is brought to you by Bookmark. And if you visit wizardradio.co.uk forward slash bookmark, you can find out more about our bookmark book club you can also sign up to take part in author q a's enter exclusive competitions get behind the scenes sneak peeks and loads more because since the start of the year what we've been doing on wizard radio station is teaming up with bookmark to bring you 
this book club, which is what we're doing now. We just want to help you find your next favourite book, basically. So if you haven't heard it yet, Bookmark is a club made especially for you. Like I said, they do Q&A sessions with authors, behind-the-scenes exclusives, loads of really cool stuff. And this week, it's my turn to host the book club. So welcome to the book club. Uh, Take a seat. There's some squash and biscuits over there. What we're going to be talking about in the book club this week is a book called Shadow and Bone by Lee Badugo. It was first published in 2012. I've got it here. See, listen. Uh, It's got loads of fans already, but you'll be hearing more about it very, very soon. It'll basically be everywhere because it's just been made into a massive Netflix show and it was literally released yesterday. So that's dropped on Netflix now. You could check that out, but what I would recommend you doing is getting a bit ahead of the curve. Read the book first. Be one of those people that can say, oh, well, I liked it before. It was cool. I've actually uh, read the book. So read the book first. Then maybe you can move on to the Netflix series. So Shadow and Bone. It's the first book in a trilogy. It's set in the Grishaverse, which is a world where magic and science kind of combine. It's a bit mythical, but it's really cool. The main character and also the narrator is a girl called Alina, she's an orphan, Uh, she grew up and she became a soldier and her regiment were crossing this thing called the Shadowfold. It's kind of like a a literal embodiment of darkness basically, so it's very scary and whilst they were crossing that they were attacked by these flesh-eating monsters and whilst this was all going on she accidentally discovers she's literally got the ability to summon and manipulate sunlight what and because she's got this this ability that she never realized she had she gets recruited by the grisha now they are the sort of the magical elite in the kingdom of ravka which is where this all takes place and eventually alina ends up on a mission to use her powers to destroy the shadow fold which is this you know this darkness um now i'll stop there I won't tell you anymore because there are loads more dramatic twists. I don't want to spoil it for you because that is not the purpose of Book Club. But there is a lot going on. You've got to read it for yourself. Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. If you're into your fantasy, if you're into mythology, if you like monsters and magic and maps, you need to get this book in your life and you'd better hurry up. It's going to be huge. The Netflix series is out now. So get ahead of the curve before everybody else catches up. You know, be, be like a book hipster. Um... But what I liked about this book, I guess, the way it is total escapism. It's literally, well, you can escape it. It's set in another much more magical world. I thought that was really fun. My favourite kind of books to read are the ones that make you go like, hmm, what what would I do in this situation? Or like, ooh, what what if that actually did happen? You know, full, fully knowing that it's all completely fictional but you still quite like using your imagination to wonder how you'd handle everything that was going on. Um, usually, in my case, it's like, uh, run away. But still, I like I like that, that hypothetical, like, what would you do if push came to shove? And this book properly did that for me. I really like a sort of a fun hypothetical. So I very much enjoyed reading it because of that. Um, but the one big hypothetical question I've been thinking about the most since I read it was this thing about the magical powers because you've got Alina, like I said, the main character she can summon sunlight and use it however she wants but loads of the other characters have powers too there's someone in it called uh, Zoya she can create a storm (laughs) on demand there's other people who can call up fire or literally stop hearts from beating Um, so, for this week's book club let's just put reality to one side for a few minutes Put put it on the shelf because I want you to think about this very hypothetical and kind of silly, but fun question, which is this. If you had a magical power, what would you want it to be? How would you use it? Would you use it to help yourself? Would you use it to help other people? Come on, how, how would you react? How would you live your life if you had a magical power? Would you be selfish? Would you be really altruistic? What would it be? Um, I've been thinking about this since I read the book, and I've, I think I've come up with my answer. I would probably go for something I would genuinely find quite useful. I would want, as my magical power, a real-life undo button. Think about it. How useful would that be? Far too often in my day-to-day life, I'll do or say something kind of dumb, and I can't take it back or not do it, but I really wish I could. 
you know, we're talking dumb mistakes, we're talking breaking things by accident, accidentally insulting people, all that kind of stuff. If I could just control Z the last action or two that I've made, I'd find that really useful. I'm not talking like major time uh, time travel here, just, just a quick little undo button like, oops, let's try that one again. Um, but what about you? What would your magical power be? How would you use it? Get in touch with me right now on 07807 183 538. You can send me an email, station at wizardradio.co.uk. Tweet or DM us, Twitter, Instagram, at wizardradio on there. And all of our contact details, if you want them, are at wizardradio.co.uk. And also at wizardradio.co.uk. If you go to the bit that's forward slash bookmark, that's BKMRK bookmark, you can find out more about our bookmark book club. You can sign up, take part in author Q&As, enter exclusive competitions, get behind the scenes sneak peeks, and much, much more. So whilst you have a think about your magical powers, let's do Doja Cat. This is Kiss Me More on Wizard Radio. Live from a slightly funny smelling basement in Manchester, this is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Your rap name is your favourite hereditary title, and your first phone, that was Ashnika and Princess Nokia. With Slumber Party and Doja Cat, Scissor, Kiss Me More before that. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Good afternoon. Church is coming up, Gracie coming up, and you join us in the middle of our book club. Um, we're doing this with Bookmark. And if you visit wizardradio.co.uk forward slash bookmark, that's B-K-M-R-K, bookmark, you can find out more about our Bookmark book club and sign up to take part in author Q&As, enter exclusive competitions, get behind the scenes sneak peeks and much 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 more the book we're talking about in uh, the bookmark book club this afternoon on wizard radio is shadow and bone by lee bardugo and it's all about a, a mythical world where certain people have these like magical powers where they can summon fire or create storms or control sunlight and it's really cool and so we're just getting into sort of the world of hypotheticals and asking if you had a magical power number one what would you want it to be and also how would you use it would you help yourself would you help other people i said mine would be a real life undo button um because that'd be very helpful for all the like tiny irreversible mistakes that you make in day-to-day life so just a quick control z boop done that'd be helpful Danny says, uh, Alec, have you ever seen that Adam Sandler film, Click? I always thought having a click remote would be like the ultimate magical power because you can pause time, rewind, fast forward, speed things up, slow things down. It's like a lot of different magical powers all in one. I'd use it to control the universe. (laughs) Wow, big ambitions. And uh, fix things for people. When you see people in pain or really sad, you could use the click remote to go back in time and make sure people are happy the whole time. I know the film Click is meant to have a deeper meaning about living in the moment and you can't fix everything, but what if you could? Uh, Danny, I haven't seen the Adam Sandler film Click. I have seen the <laughs> the kids show Burner's Watch, which is probably a similar premise because he can like pause time and stuff. Um, I feel like you you have, based on what you've said, missed the point of that film slightly, which is that, like you said, you can't fix everything. Think about the consequences of everyone being happy all the time that's that's unnatural that's weird it sort of it takes out the variation of life doesn't it but uh, it's an interesting thought you basically want i mean basically when you dig down you just want to be able to time travel but but with a cool remote which i i understand would be fun like i get it but are you not scared of the consequences what might happen how it could all go wrong I've seen enough sci-fi to know that time travel never normally ends that well. But if that's what you want to do, Danny, then then you you do that. You get your remote and try not to mess things up for the rest of us. Zoe, hello. She said, if I could have a magical power, I would want to be able to control electricity. I feel like that's real power. Um, very good, very good, because electricity is literally power. Yeah, well done, well done. Uh, anyway, she says... Seeing as the whole world now runs on electricity, uh, yeah, it has done for quite some time. Being able to control it, having my own powerful electric current means I could control the world. It also means I could give places electricity that don't have it, because they might be, you know, not quite as developed. And assuming that my own electrical current doesn't need fossil fuels, it would be sustainable. We could stop burning coal and oil. It seems like a win-win to me. Okay. 
So you all do seem to be wanting to use these powers, you know, for the greater good, not just for your own good. But at the same time, both Zoe and Danny do want to be able to control the world. And I, you know, I don't think that's necessarily something that would be a good idea. Not, you know, it's not personal. I'm not dissing Danny or Zoe, but do we really, do we really want anyone to be able to control the world, even if they're doing it for good reasons? I'm not a hundred percent convinced on this one but but i suppose you, they are trying to do it for good reasons so i suppose that's okay you know with great power comes great responsibility as you've heard in many many sci-fi films before benny show regular says i would want my magical power to be the power of resurrection being able to bring people back to life either to get information from them or just you know, bring them back to life, back to health, because that would be a game changer. There's an investigation going on. A key suspect is dead. I will get you the answers. Your loved one has passed away and you couldn't say goodbye. They're here for a conversation. That one was a bit dark, he says, but, but you know, if someone dies before your time, they are back to life. Imagine how much good you could do with the power of resurrection. Again, my instinct on all of these, and I know that that would be wonderful, being able to like see relatives and find out about past times. It would be really cool. And you know, especially when people go far too soon, being able to reverse that would be incredible. But my natural instinct for these kind of things are, I think, just quite cautious. You know, I, I don't want to die. I don't want other people around me to die. But at the same time, if I, if I could bring people back to life, or if people could be brought back to life, would that be in the general scheme of things a good thing i mean obviously of course it would be but at the same time you know do you want to mess with things that much i'm just i'm not sure it worries me even though of course it's good you know what what if there are negative consequences what if it ruins other things that we hadn't even thought about i i appreciate it again it's a, a nice selfless one you're not using it for your own benefit but for everyone's benny but it scares me maybe i'm Maybe I'm not brave enough. I'm too much of a scaredy cat. I should embrace the magic. But yeah, mine mine was much more selfish. I was just like, oh, oops, let's uh, fix that for, for me and nobody else. So I guess you've just all got much bigger ideas. Change the world, which is cool. Um, but again, makes me slightly fearful. But thank you very much. A lot of food for thought. You see, aren't these questions fun? Like, those are like completely impossible, but... What if it wasn't? That just thinking about all those possibilities, I quite enjoy. I don't know if anybody else does. But uh, thank you very much for getting involved with that. And that was the the book club on Wizard Radio with Bookmark. And if you visit wizardradio.co.uk forward slash bookmark right now, B-K-M-R-K, uh, you can find out more about our Bookmark book club and sign up to take part in author Q&As, enter exclusive competitions, get behind the scenes sneak peeks and much more. So nice one get on that right now this is new churches he said she said on wizard radio i love churches that was he said she said on wizard radio it's alec feldman what's going on is on in a second sometimes in life you don't you don't fully appreciate things until i don't know until they're gone until there's a sudden change and i i decided to experiment with something this week and it's gone wrong i don't think i'm ever gonna do it again you know bread I eat quite a lot of it, um, as do most people. Uh, but I don't eat enough of it to justify just like having having a normal loaf in the cupboard. Just bear that in mind, okay? Um, I ran out of bread the other week, so I was like, okay, let's let's buy some new bread, as you do when you run out of bread. You know, so far, so normal. But I'm kind of I'm bored of just like getting you know normal Sainsbury's medium sliced loaf. It's all the same. It's all kind of boring. A bit too thin for me. Sometimes, you know, you want a slightly thicker slice or whatever. So, I decided I was going to try something new, be experimental, and instead of buying sliced bread, I was just going to buy a loaf of unsliced bread, fresh out the bakery. It was a bit cheaper, and I was like, yes, let's do this. Let's just experiment with slicing my own bread. I'm sure it can't be that hard. It was a bad decision. It was a very bad decision because, like I said, I freeze bread and I don't just have it out. I, you know, brought it home, stuck it in the freezer, forgot about it until the next day. And I was like, right, fancy some toast. Let's get the bread out of the freezer. And oh, it's 
it's completely solid because I froze it and I haven't sliced it. How on earth do I slice this solid lump of frozen bread? The answer is uh, I couldn't and so I kind of left it out and I was like, right, well, let's, let's defrost this. Then I can like slice it myself and then put it back in the freezer. So already buying unsliced bread was kind of pointless. And when it had finally defrosted and the time came to slice it, I discovered slicing bread is really not as easy as you thought it was. Um, I tried and, you know, I was very careful to try and get it, you know, like all the right thickness and not accidentally lop anything off or squash it. But it was, it was a complete failure. I ended up ripping loads of the slices. I ended up having loads of slices that were like the thickness of a book. Um, and it's just, it's not easy. Slicing bread is harder than you think. And there were crumbs everywhere, and I didn't even get that many slices out of it. And it was, it was all a bit pointless, really. And now it's back in the freezer. I tried toasting it earlier, and it was too thick to put in the toaster. And all in all, um, I finally come to understood the say understand the saying, the best thing since sliced bread, because unsliced bread is rubbish. It's useless. Why would anybody buy unsliced bread? I'm never, ever buying unsliced bread again I, I now appreciate why people say sliced bread is such a good invention here's some advice don't do it thinking about getting you know just a loaf don't bother waste of time waste of space there's a reason that that saying exists just just stick to what you know from now on okay coming up what's going on is after gracie and bill and ted this has got you covered on wizard radio gracie bill and ted got you covered on wizard radio that's good I like Gracie and Bill and Ted, they were on that Wellerman song, weren't they? So, some great people on that song. And I like it very much. Alec Feldman here on Wizard Radio. Afternoon all. This is the part of the show where we begin our game. And that game is called... What's going on? And it's pretty self-explanatory, really, because in What's Going On, you just have to tell me what's going on. I've got a clip for you. It's a bit confusing, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot going on. I challenge you to come up with some kind of plausible explanation for what's actually happening. It doesn't have to be real. You know, you don't have to actually think about getting a right answer. I'm more interested in something that's kind of entertaining. It doesn't have to be completely accurate or sensical. So, this week on What's Going On. I like it when we do this. I've got a real life one for you. This isn't something I found on the internet. This is something that's actually happened in my day-to-day -day life which is always more fun the sound quality admittedly isn't great but i feel like that just adds to the chaos so let's have a listen to the what's going on clip for the first time this week I tried like go somewhere <laughs> oh this is excellent So there's a lot going on there, so I'll play it for you again in a second. But what what I heard was myself going, uh, try and move somewhere. That's what I said. Uh, then I laughed a bit. And, and then another voice appeared saying, when I, I, can't, I can't do anything without sitting on the chair. I think the end of the word was chair. But what, what, what's happening? What am I finding so funny in that? If anybody has any suggestions about what is going on there, Send me a text on 07807 183 538. You can tweet, Instagram, DM, slide, at Radio, or you can email station at wizardradio.co.uk. What is going on in this clip here? Try and, like, go somewhere. <laughs> 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 oh, this is excellent. <laughs> The only way I can get down is by sitting on the chair. The only way I can get down is by sitting on the chair. But get down from what? What's happening? Can somebody please explain that 15 seconds of chaos? If you think you know what is actually happening there, 07807183538 or at Wiz Radio on the socials, we'll find out what's going on before the end of the show. That's about 10 to 5 ish. Coming up next. I want to talk about picnics, I want to play years and years, and I want to play Justin Bieber, but right now, it's a minute past four, so let's get your headlines. I, the voiceover guy, have been paid a small one-off fee to let you know that you're listening to Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Years and years, that's such a good song, Starstruck on Wizard Radio. 
Before that, Justin Bieber, Daniel Caesar, Given with Peaches, Alec Feldman, Saturday Afternoon with me, Issam, Al-Najjar's coming up, so is Taylor Swift, and Lil Nas X all on the way. I have had so many picnics this week. The weather in the UK has really picked up. Even, even in Manchester, where I am, where it rains like all the time. It's even nice here. I've been really enjoying it. Had lots of picnics in the last seven days of my life. I think I've had picnics on three of them. I'd like to get that ratio up a bit, but three picnics in a week's quite good. Pretty happy with that. And it's great. Picnics are fun. Eating outside is so much nicer than eating inside. I don't know why. It just is. And I like to consider myself you know, a bit of a picnic expert. I've had some good picnics. I've provided some good food. I know sort of the right quantity, the different types of food, what works on a picnic, what doesn't. I think I'm, I'm good at picnics. Or at least I did. And then I read an article in The Guardian. Of course it was The Guardian. About picnics. And now I'm not so sure. It's kind of destroyed my confidence a bit. I think I've been doing picnics completely wrong after all. Because my picnics do not look anything like these picnics that they were talking about in, in The Guardian. These are tips for picnics from people who read The Guardian, right? You know, the newspaper. It's quite highbrow. And, well, it's not, it's not quite the same as my picnics. The first tip is from someone called Lucy in Nottingham. And she, her tip was pack Turkish borek. I don't know what that is. Why is that the first picnic tip? The number one picnic tip in this list of picnic tips is pack Turkish Borek. What even is that? What, <laughs> what is Turkish Borek? I'm going to Google it. Um, Turkish Borek. Okay. Apparently, they're, they're spiral, spiral, spirals. There you go. A feel of pastry with white cheese and spinach. That sounds nice. But are they are they really good for picnics? Aren't they quite crumbly? Filo pastry always crumbles. I don't know if that's necessarily good for a picnic. And also, is that something that that people just like have lying around in their their fridge? I don't know. Um, oh, and I also take a, a telescopic metal straw for drinks. Okay, that's a slightly more useful tip, but still still not really anything I've been doing. Um, somebody else, Barbara, Barbara, who lives in Italy. Um, thinks that you should make make picnic baskets out of shoe boxes and waterproof material because they're good for napkins, placemats, and cutlery. Who's taking placemats on a picnic? Placemats? I don't even have placemats in my my actual house. Why would I take placemats on a picnic? Don't be stupid, Barbara. Silly. Um, bring jars of honey. Amy Swain from Hertfordshire. That's her her tip in this article. Um, this one it actually is quite sensible in fairness because then you can you can open the jars and then like put them just a bit away from you and that attracts all the like bees and wasps and stuff. That one, okay, fair enough. Actually quite sensible. Well done, Amy. You've not come up with something completely ridiculous. But then, then, then we have Anna Louise. <laughs> we had something very sensible from Amy and then she comes along saying, pair champagne with fried chicken. Who's taking... Again, my picnics don't feature champagne or fried chicken. None of the above. This just isn't a part of my picnics. They're usually sandwiches or some kind of bread. Maybe some juice or J2O. J2O's kind of the fanciest I'll stretch to. Not, not champagne, not in, in the park. That's not right. Um, take, take hot water bottles, says a retired person called Annie. Um, because... Because if you take hot water, you can use it to keep your food warm. Again, aren't picnics supposed to be about cold food? You don't you don't want your food to be warm. If anything, if you've got if you've got ice creams in there and you take a hot water bottle, well, that's ended badly. You've just got sludge. Uh, very silly, Annie. You're you're being stupid. I'm sorry, but you are. And um, now this is this is a, a, the most ridiculous one I've seen. Possibly. Build your own picnic box. Now, the hamper shoe box, that was a bit silly, but this this is someone that's literally made a picnic box out of wood. It's got shelves, it looks like a kind of like a fridge. It's got like a drop-down door that's attached on a chain. And uh, who goes to the lengths of making these things? A, a wooden box for your picnic. Just put your food in a shopping bag. 
or your backpack. This is annoying me. I'm genuinely angered by by these suggestions because they're so ridiculous. No normal people do any of these things. Oh, and um, Marcio from London says avoid mayonnaise because they might ruin the party. Um, not not for the people going for for dogs. Um, so I mean, fair enough. Look out for the animals, but. Can I really not have a tuna mayo sandwich in case a dog gets hold of it? Ideally, dogs won't be stealing my picnic food, but I'd, I'd give up. I I bow down to the authority of Guardian readers for all things picnics, because clearly they're much more practiced than I am. And so let me just find some wood and I'll build my special picnic box to put my champagne, fried chicken and, I don't know, not mayonnaise in. Good. Enjoy your picnics if you're having any this weekend. Now you know how to do it properly. Coming up next, my my former housemate, one of them, they've been trying to defend the indefensible. It's not good. And I will tell you what they've been, basically, what hill they've been dying on. After Issam Al-Najjar and Loud Luxury and Ali Gati, this is turning me up, it's Wizard Radio. Issam Al-Najjar, Loud Luxury and Ali Gati. That was turning me up. This is Wizard Radio, and my name is Alec Kelvin. Uh, thanks for having us on. Taylor Swift is on next. One of her new new Taylor's versions, which is exciting. Uh, before that, uh, I used to live with a guy at uni. You may remember this guy if you've listened to this show for a while. He was an interesting chap. I feel like I've told a couple of stories. Did I ever tell you the one about the mushrooms? Where he, he ate my mushrooms, just just raw, like microwave them and ate an entire box of mushrooms on their own. That was that was strange. Um, in the first week that I lived with him, he had been using my toothbrush, uh, which was a horrifying experience. Um, and I, I don't really see see or hear much from him anymore. Well, at all, really. The only time he really pops up is when I'm on Facebook and I see that he's been commenting on things. And he always seems to enjoy getting into like debates with people. And normally I see it kind of go, what's he doing now? And just kind of scroll past. But this one, this is possibly the worst he's ever got involved with. I don't understand why this is the hill he has chosen to die on. Like this, this argument, right? He is making a point about the weirdest thing to try and defend ever. It's on this thing called Leeds Fest. I went to the University of Leeds and they have like a confessions page where you can submit things anonymously called Leeds Fest. I still, you know, have it come up because I'm not ready to let go yet. And somebody put this thing on about a Tinder match they had who didn't have the best toilet etiquette because um, basically they, they left some um, <coughs> scud, scud marks on her, her toilet bowl and left. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It's a bit gross. I feel a bit ill talking about it, but you know, the show's all about balance. We had a book club last hour, and, and now we're talking about toilets and excrement. Wonderful. So, you know, any normal person would, would sort of read this post about a person who left some, some dirty marks in her toilet and go, ugh, no, never, never see them again. Because that's basically what the person is asking for advice on. Like, do I, do I see them again? Do I not talk to them again because this is just gross? Like, what do I do? And for some reason, my former housemate <laughs> has commented on it, and <laughs> I don't understand why why he is doing this. I really don't, but it's really funny. Um, and he's trying to defend the indefensible, basically. And he says, my advice would be to just grow up, wipe the scrub marks off the toilet if you really don't like them. And we all make mistakes. What's the point of making a massive deal out of a minor thing? If it gives you the ick, go find someone else to your exacting standards. <laughs> so he's basically trying to stick up for the guy who left a horrible mess in this person's toilet. A disgusting mess. And he's going, we all make mistakes. If you really don't like them, as if there are most people who, who are, you know, fine or even positive towards these kind of things. And he's like, well, fine. Don't stop making such a fuss. If you really don't like them, just wipe them off yourself. But he hasn't just left it there. Um, <laughs> there's a whole thread of people commenting going, mate, like, what's wrong with you? Someone says, like, exacting standards is arguably basic guest, guest etiquette, let alone date standards. And and he's come up, he's come back playing, yeah, the guy probably just forgot. 
The world still turns despite skid marks. People need to grow up and focus on things that actually matter. <laughs> and I, he's commented like, I think about three times after his initial um, comment. Someone's called him out and gone, oh, you're being quite defensive. Either this topic has brought up repressed skid mark related trauma or you're sounding a lot like the culprit. Um, and he says, no, normally I'd clean the toilet afterwards. <laughs> Why is this a debate that's happening? Why would anybody publicly want to defend the right of people to skid? I don't get it. Like, I get if you have these thoughts, you might disagree, you might agree, whatever. But my my former housemate, God love him, he's gone out of his way to to defend it and stick up for a position that most people would probably be like, ugh. And it's just, it's, I don't know, it's really made me laugh. Some people try to defend the indefensible, but I've never seen anything quite like this where you would so publicly take that position on that issue. But you know what? Credit to him. If I wouldn't do it, but then again, I, I wouldn't think it either. I don't know. <laughs> told you. Told you we need balance. Anyway, um, next on the show, I'll play Taylor Swift, and then I am taking a change that's happened in the world quite badly. I want to share that with you. This is Taylor's version of Mr. Perfectly Fine, and it's on Wizard Radio. Taylor Swift and Mr. Perfectly Fine, but the Taylor version, the new version, the re-recorded one. So that's cool. It's Wizard Radio. Alec Feldman here. I am upset. I'm really, I'm really sad. I'm really angry. I'm a bit hurt. Kind of confused, actually, because a decades-old tradition seems to have ended. Not even a tradition, an institution. This is a British institution, and I cannot believe that it's come to an end. I'm, I'm taking the news really badly. Um, I better tell you what it is. Um, for years, right, every night, every weeknight, at six o'clock on Channel 4, you know what you're getting. Every weeknight, six o'clock, that's when The Simpsons is on. I love The Simpsons, you know that. I talk about it far too much. I think it's brilliant. Really underrated. Like everybody, you know, everybody likes The Simpsons, but how many people, you know, fully appreciate it for how good it is? Not many, but I'm one of them. I'm a Simpsons connoisseur, and I always found it so, so reassuring to know that every night at six o'clock, The Simpsons was there for me. I, you know, I wouldn't watch it every night, but it was nice just knowing it was there. I'd usually watch it maybe one or two times a week and enjoy it, and it, it's great. Always nice. Simpsons, City of Thought, Channel 4. That's been the case for as long as I can remember. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, I don't know. But the Sim, you know, it's just a thing. The Simpsons is on Channel 4 at 6 o'clock. Except now, all of a sudden, it's not anymore. Channel 4 don't show The Simpsons at 6 o'clock. What are they playing at? Uh, have they gone mad? How could they do this? It's on at 5.30. I don't know how long this has been going on for. I don't think it's been that long. But I went to watch it. When was it? Friday night. Friday, th- Thursday night. It was Thursday night. It was six o'clock and I was like, oh, brilliant. Time to catch The Simpsons. Couple of minutes to six. I put the TV on and I saw the end credits of The Simpsons. And at first I was like, okay, well, this isn't that shocking because sometimes they show like two episodes. So they'll do like one at 5.30 and then another one at six. I was like, okay, that's fine. I missed the first one. I'll just watch the next one. But then... Six o'clock rolls round. It's not The Simpsons. Some show called Ackley Bridge, which, from what I can work out, features lots of actors doing some very, very dodgy Yorkshire accents. Where, where is The Simpsons? What have they done? Why is The Simpsons on at 5.30 now, instead of six o'clock, and in its place is some slightly average show with really dodgy accents? I can't deal with this. It's not okay. You can't take The Simpsons off six o'clock on Channel 4. It's just an institution it, it's like the law i thought it had to be on at six o'clock and i'm really sad i'm not handling this change well at all you know some people could say well, well why can't you just watch it half an hour earlier the answer is because it's not the same it's not right it's so fundamentally wrong to have the simpsons on at 5 30 instead of six o'clock you know it goes the simpsons 
Hollyoaks, Channel 4 News. That's, that's, you know, for some people, the perfect evening. And I'm just not happy. I'm taking this change really, really badly. And I'm considering going full Karen and complaining uh, to Channel 4, maybe, or to Ofcom. Or, I mean, how high can I take this? Can I write to my MP about this? Well, can I text Boris Johnson? Will he get The Simpsons back on at 6 o'clock? I'm sure he can do me a favour. I'm just, I'm just not taking this well. Um, maybe I'm just not good enough at dealing with change, but if you are like me, and you're not great at handling change, then get in touch with me now. We can all be miserable and unadaptable together. 07807 183 538 is my number. You can also email me. I am station at wizardradio.co.uk or tweet me, DM me at wizardradio on Twitter and Instagram. When have you really not handled change very well? I'm fine, okay, guys? I'm, I'm fine. I can totally deal with the fact that The Simpsons is now half an hour earlier. This is, this is completely fine. Yeah, it is. Trust me. Unbelievable. Anyway, Lil Nas X is coming up next. Who doesn't love a bit of Lil Nas X? That'll calm me down. Uh, but, how much do you really know about Lil Nas X? I bet I will tell you a thing or two that surprises you, because I've done some research, right? As I always do. I've gone into books, I've gone onto computers, I've called people... And based on all that research, I've just got 60 seconds for you of facts about Lil Nas X. All fully researched, fully verified. So let's do my 60-second guide. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60-second guide. Lil Nas X has been around for a couple of years now, but we're pronouncing his name all wrong all this time. He's actually called Lil Nas Kiss. It all came about through a, a text miscommunication, but um, anyway, he signed his first record deal at the age of 18. It was actually a deal with the devil. He sold his soul in exchange for having singing and rapping talent. And much to the annoyance of conservative Christians, the devil followed through on his part of the arrangement. Since he signed the deal, he's had huge success and even invented the genre of crooner country garage grime. His obsession with cowboys stemmed from his favourite former US president, Ronald Reagan. Lil Nas X used to watch his western films when he was growing up, and he thought that Reagan looked really good in a Stetson. So he wandered around his local area, found one that looks just like Ronald Reagan's, and skip. He's owned it ever since. He's also bought many, many more, including a diamond-encrusted one, using the money he made off Old Town Road. And he even briefly owned a horse until he realised they're actually quite difficult and expensive and messy to look after. And that is Lil Nas X in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Come and join the fun from a safe distance. Oh, Nervo, Tiny Temper and Paris Hilton with Pickle. It's on Wizard Radio. I'm Alec, hello. Chloe Moriondo and Julia Michaels on the way before Miles is on at five. Me until then. And I'm not quite over the fact that Channel 4 have moved The Simpsons from its long-term home of 6pm every weeknight to a slightly earlier time of 5.30. Some people might say that's a very, very minor change and one I should really get over. It's not that deep. But I'm I'm upset. I don't like it. It's wrong. The Simpsons. It just is. The Simpsons is on at six o'clock. They can't. They can't mess with that. It's not okay. Um, and David has sent a message. He says, "I remember a few years ago, back when BBC Three came off the actual TV, and that emerged that Family Guy wasn't going to be on TV without ads anymore. I was so shocked and upset. I loved Family Guy. I think Family Guy is to me what The Simpsons is to you." But I hate adverts, so the idea of watching it on ITV2 was just not an option. I think I actually cried when I deeped the fact the era was ending and I wouldn't be able to watch Family Guy ad-free anymore. Might also have been the exam stress too, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that, although are we are we technically like mortal enemies, David? Um, because you're a Family Guy guy and I'm a Simpsons guy. Are we allowed to be friends? Is that, is that how it works? I, I mean, you know, you seem like a nice guy. I can forgive you, I think, even though you do like the wrong animated cartoon but hey, one thing we can agree on is that that crossover episode was terrible but yeah that's annoying um are ads that bad i say this as, as someone who can only really eat because of adverts but uh, they're not that bad are they like you can sit through family guy with ad could you really not stand them that much i i think you know from my perspective there are probably worse things but then again i understand that you know this is this is just a change that is is hard to take on board even five years on 
and you know, I can't complain. I'm sure I'll still be annoyed about The Simpsons being moved in five years' time if they haven't you know, seen sense and put it back by then. But um, you tell you what, David, something to be optimistic about. BBC Three's coming back now. We've gone full circle. They're going to put it on the telly again. So maybe, maybe you'll get your wish and you can watch Family Guy without adverts again. I hope so. I hope so, mate. Uh, Joseph says a couple of years ago, just before this whole pandemic thing started. Uh, I remember those times. But anyway, he says, school told us our form tutor was going on maternity leave, so we were going to have a new one for the rest of the school year, and then some of the year after. Obviously, that never really became a problem, because the pandemic shut schools for most of that time. But I was so annoyed that my routine was being changed, and I was going to have to have a new form tutor. When they started, I physically refused to look her in the eyes. I'd kind of talk at her, but without looking in her eyes, because I was so annoyed. Oh, Joseph, listen, I feel your pain. I really, I really relate to this. Um, when I was in year seven to nine, we had this incredible guy. He was like, you know, you know the call teacher that's like, yeah, you see all these rules? Screw them, they're stupid. I'm going to do things my way. He was a proper, like, anti-establishment, bit of a maverick. He was great. And then he left. And we were, again, it was the exact same situation. We were really annoyed that he left. And so the new guy who came in, you know, he was a perfectly all right guy on the end, but it took us about four years, genuinely four years to get used to him and to bond with him because we were just angry at him because he was different to the guy who left us. You know, we were, basically we were channeling our rage at the wrong person. And in reflection, it was probably a bit mean. And so, yeah, I guess I'd say, I'd say the same to you. Don't take out your anger on the new person because it's not their fault. They, they haven't chosen to come and replace, you know, the person that you loved. It's just it's just happened that way. I can speak from experience on that. That that really, really um, cuts through to me. I understand, I understand. And uh, Emily says, I'm a creature of habit, so something that deeply irritates me are seasonal menus at restaurants. The example, Starbucks pumpkin spice latte. My opinion is you either have the drink on the menu all year round or not at all. Either it's good enough for the whole year or it's not good enough to be on the menu at all. I remember the first time I went into Starbucks, I saw they changed the seasonal menu, and I couldn't see my regular options behind the counter. I just walked out. Couldn't deal with that. Again, um, <laughs> I, I sort of struggle to understand it. I sort of get it. But at the same time, you know, it makes it fun. It, no pun intended. It spices things up a bit. It's not the same all year out. Sometimes you can get special things, and then they go, and you're like, oh, that's sad. But you know they're coming back the next year. So you can look forward to their return. It becomes a nice marker of the season changing. When the yeah, the pumpkin spice latte comes back, then you can know that um, all of your, your basic <laughs> basic dreams have come true. And it's Christmas again. So that's, that's kind of nice. I don't know. I get, again, I see where you're coming from, that either do it all year round or don't bother. But it, it's just a little thing to make it special. I, I think, I mean, look outside now, right? It's quite nice. Like, blue skies. What is it, about 18 degrees, at least where I am. You wouldn't want to be sipping on a pumpkin spice latte right now. It would just feel fundamentally wrong. But if you were doing it in eight months' time, it might feel a bit more normal. I think that's why they do the seasonal menu. You know, it's, it's nothing to get shocked about. And also, you could probably ask for, you know, your regular options, even at Christmas, if you really wanted to. They'd probably still make them. I don't know. I Listen, I, I we all have different things that we struggle to accept. And I guess just as I can't accept that The Simpsons has been moved to 5.30 instead of 6 o'clock a whole half hour earlier, um, I should, you know, be more understanding that Emily doesn't like seasonal drinks or that Joseph doesn't like new form tutors or that David weirdly likes Family Guy. You know, we're all friends here. We can all be much more understanding. Let's let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya or alternatively um, this song, Chloe Moriondo and I Eat Boys. It's on Wizard Radio. Chloe Moriondo and I Eat Boys on Wizard Radio. Alec Feldman here. Right, 10 to 5. The show is almost done. There is just about time to find out what's going on. Uh, so just before the news at 4pm, played you a clip of some, some chaotic energy. Something weird and confusing that was happening. This week it was something from my actual life. I filmed and I starred in it. And all you had to do was try and tell me, come up with some kind of theory about what 
he's actually happy getting it. Let's have another listen to that now. I tried like go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> This is excellent. And I, the only way I can get down is by sitting on the chair. So that does sound kind of rubbish, um, audio quality-wise. I do apologise. Um, I filmed it on my phone. What it was basically, I think I put my my thumb or my pinky finger over the like the microphone hole, which is why it sounds terrible. So sorry. But what's actually happening in that? Um, I find something very funny. I say, go on, go on, try and move somewhere. There's a, a girl in it. She's like, I can only get down if I sit on the chair, which I think means chair. But what, what's actually happening? Why am I finding it so funny? Why does she sound like she's in some kind of distress? Tell me. Tom's been on. He says, maybe it's just a really bad quality. Is this you and a friend on a train? The train's moving, your friend's trying to move down the carriage, but because the train is moving, she can't stand up without falling over. Hence, she's saying, the only way I can get down is by sitting on the chair, because if they stand up, they might fall over. That's the only thing I think it could be. That's a nice suggestion. I suppose it does sound a bit like a moving train, doesn't it? And I have actually been on trains um, for the first time in months. Got the train to Leeds when I went uh, last week and I had a lovely time. It brought back memories of when I used to live on trains. Those were the days. Um, but this what's going on is not someone trying to move down a carriage on a train, although I have been there and it is very difficult work, but it's funnier than that. Uh, Jessica's been on. <laughs> she says, um, when you did the people's budget, Alec, I messaged in. I was a big advocate for roller skates. I remember Jessica. Yes. You thought they should have tax breaks, I remember. Yeah, I was just trying to help Rishi Sunak out come up with the budget, and Jessica contributed, yes, I remember. And she said, now, I'm starting to think, based on this What's Going On clip, have you and your friend become advocates for roller skates as well? I think she's trying to move with roller skates on, but she's struggling, which is fair enough, because roller skates can be quite difficult to use, which is why she needs to sit down or use a chair some reason i feel like she's trying to get down the stairs using roller skates which is 100 percent not advised at all that would be dangerous that's that's proper risky trying to get down stairs in roller skates would again echo jessica's sentiment which is that that's not advisable don't try it um you know what weirdly enough jessica you're not completely off the mark there aren't roller skates involved but there are wheels involved Wheels are somehow involved in this situation on what's going on this week. Not roller skates, though. Um, but actually, footwear. Roller skates aren't involved, but footwear more broadly is. And so are wheels. So that actually, you've done quite well here, you and your roller skate advocacy. So well done. Keep it up. Skaters forever. High five. I've never used roller skates in my life. Anyway, Ali says, it might just be the quality... Are you using a megaphone at the start of this video? Is it some sort of obstacle course where you're using a megaphone to shout instructions at someone else but they're struggling? Oh, that'd be fun. No, like I said, the quality is terrible. Not because I was using a megaphone, but because I think I accidentally put my finger over the microphone <laughs> when I was filming it. Um, no megaphone, but megaphones are fun. That, that's another dream of mine, to shout at people using a megaphone. That'd be really good. If I became maybe like a lifeguard, do they get megaphones or...? Like, uh, you know, the person that shouts at obstacle courses being like, three, two, one, go. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be all right. Um, no obstacle course, tragically, no megaphone, but nice, nice deduction from the terrible, shocking audio quality. Well done, Ali, even though you were wrong. And Robbie has had a go as well. I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but I think it involves a whoopee cushion. At the end of the clip, it sounds like there's a really loud fart. Not a real one, more like a whoopee cushion one. Is your friend in the clip trying not to sit down for some reason? But there's a whoopee cushion on the chair, which is maybe why she's trying to not sit down, because when she does, the whoopee cushion will go off. I think it involves a chair, trying to get somewhere, and a whoopee cushion. Hmm, all good suggestions. Obviously, it does involve a chair, because she says, I can only get down if I'm on the chair. But... Um, no whoopee cushion. That's not a happen thing that's happening. Something that is um, interesting, though, that I hadn't noticed is that this this clip supposedly contains something that sounds like a fart. I didn't notice that. 
Um, <laughs> I hope I haven't accidentally massively embarrassed either me or my friend in this, but no. It's not that. The person who was closest remains Jessica, who was talking about roller skates and shoes and that kind of stuff. Because what has happened in this clip is my friend, the person, the girl you hear, she's been sat on a, like a, a wheelie office chair and somehow her shoelaces have become trapped in the wheel of the wheelie office chair and she's tried to stand up but found that she can't move because she's attached to the chair and if she tries to move the chair literally comes with her and it's quite funny and she lit she couldn't get herself unstuck i had to go and help her out and somehow get this lace out of the chair it wasn't very covid safe i, I, I'm, I can only apologize um but that's what's going on in this week's what's going on it wasn't roller skates but it was one of those like wheelie office chairs and it was someone becoming physically attached to it and not being able to get out. So that's that's that. Well done. You've had a go. Your guesses weren't quite right. But we had a nice time. And that is the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening. Great to be back doing a proper show and not like a, a sad show. So let's do it. All being well. Next week, 3 till 5, come hang out. Mars Mikulski's up next after Julia Michaels, All Your Exes. It's on Wizard Radio. Have a good afternoon. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.